Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters, about however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, The reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Outdoor show this Thursday morning, and uh, I wasn't here to wish you, but uh, Happy New Year to everyone, all the listeners out there, and you too, Jake. I'm uh, Captain Mickey Eastman, and producing the outdoor show this morning is Jake. Good to be back, man. All right, uh, looking at uh, weather right now, it's 50 degrees down in Galveston. It feels like 47 this morning. Today they're calling for sunshine early, followed by partly cloudy skies and gusty winds this afternoon, high of 59. East winds will be cranking up to about 20 to 30 miles per hour down on the coast. And tonight, cloudy early, becoming windy and periods of rain after midnight. Thunder possible, a low of 57. It's not supposed to thunder thunder in the wintertime. <laughs> Somebody didn't get the, didn't get the email. Anyway, winds are going to be east 20 to 30 miles per hour. That rain chance tonight is 90% right behind all this other rain. And then for tomorrow, rain early, remaining cloudy with showers in the afternoon, potential for heavy rainfall. High of 61, north winds will be 10 to 20. That rain chance tomorrow, 100%. Rainfall near an inch, so at least it isn't going to be torrential. That forecast makes it sound pretty bad. All right, looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel tide predictions. There's four of them. We have a low at 5.35 a.m. It's an 0.1, then a high at 12.36 p.m., an 0.6, a low at 3.09 p.m., an 0.5, and then a high at 9.53 p.m., an 0.7. Sunrise, 7.14 a.m., sunset, 5.34 p.m. Our moon phase is about half, 54%. All right, currently... Uh, Galveston Channel, it's showing an east wind at 6 to 7. Water temp, 59. Air temperature, 50. Eagle Point, it's 51 degrees with 54-degree water. Northeast winds at 11 to 13. And at Morgan's Point, 46 degrees with 56-degree water. Northeast winds, 6 to 8 miles per hour. So not much has changed. But it could be worse. It's January. It could be really cold. So we'll take what we can get. 
All right, let's get to the call lines now. Let's uh, run over to Sabine Lake and let's check in with Captain Bill Watkins, see what he's up to. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Well, man, life is good on this end. Um, I guess we're getting some much-needed rain. Uh, All I know is that uh, the garden that I thought was not going to come up finally sprouted. (laughs) I've got... I've got turnip greens out there, and turnips as big as a small child's head. I mean, perfect rainfall, just enough to make everything grow. Good. But I, I couldn't put enough water on that garden to make it sprout. I mean, my water hose just wasn't enough. I planted in late September, like you're supposed to for for mustard and turnips, cabbage, stuff like that, and I couldn't get anything out of the ground. So I just gave up. Dead, um, <laughs> Mother Nature and, took over. Well, yeah. Around the, around the 1st of November, it rained enough that it actually, some of it come up. <laughs> and now I've got a, a row of, uh, I've got a row of a little bit of mustard and a little bit of uh, turnip grains. So, hey, I'm picking that stuff. It's just, uh, it's amazing. That'll work, Absolutely man. amazing. Yeah, and the fishing over here has been really, really good. Uh, I mean, there's there's fish all over the place. I'm getting reports from people that are fishing where I'm not, and over Texas waters, down south. You get a break in the weather, and uh, there's lots of trout around. Lots of trout. And I'm seeing pictures of redfish. People send me that, too. I fished with uh, one of your listeners there, Steve from San Antonio, you call him? Yeah, and, he uh, uh, told me he was going with you. I didn't know it was going to be yeah. that quick. Yeah, yeah, we just jumped up and did that. Well, good. <laughs> and, uh, that He's was, a real nice that was a guy. Good, oh, yeah, and that was a great trip. Steve, if you're listening, you, you, your cup is secured. Well, yeah, he cup fish? left in the truck. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yep. a plus he can, then. <laughs> he can fish. Yeah, he, he don't. He don't just talk talk. He can walk it too. Atta boy. <laughs> yeah, really heck of a nice guy. We had a, we had a, a good day. I think we probably caught ninety to a hundred trout. It was just uh, it was ridiculous. We caught all them wherever over, we all went. over five pounds, huh? <laughs> Uh, no, but, can't wait uh, to hear a report like that. We did keep fifteen trout that were uh, Texas size. All of them. Cool. We had some. Uh, I think we had some sixteen to eighteens, and if I'm not, let's see. I think we had one of twenty-two. Uh, I caught one the other day. It was twenty-four and a half. I can't remember if that was that day or not. Um, but yeah, there's there's some better fish. They're growing, you know. And I'm um, I'm getting the same reports out of the uh, Natchez River that I'm in that side on the west side of the system. I'm getting the same reports mm. from there because uh, the salt water's everywhere, you know. And right now you got a little bit of rainfall. It'll kind of run in, and it it's moving the fish around a little and affecting how they you know, where they are in the water column. Uh, we caught some trout the other day that were 12 feet down, 
And uh, when the sun come out, they moved up on a flat and three foot of water. It was a cold day, but uh, it's funny how those fish are doing. And there's you know, no bird caught, uh, trout in knee deep to, you know, not even waist deep water in like, you know, 40 degree water after a front. Yeah. That's just crazy. Some of those fish, just uh, they acclimate and they that's where they want to be is shallow. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you've got sun shining. If you got sun shining and they'll come up on those shallow flats and you got to kind of be still for them, you know, or you can move around from point to point or uh, flat to flat, you know, just keep yourself moving a little bit and you'll catch what's there, what's available, and then you can leave and come back later and they'll kind of backfill, you know. They'll, they'll replenish what you took out. They'll they'll kind of come back you know, once they're once they're in those locations. Though they're gonna they're gonna pretty well stay around. Yeah, the, the upper river is is getting pretty fresh now. I was fixing to ask you, Dad. You read my mind. Uh, you know, with all this, if it don't quit raining, we're gonna mess everything up again. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it hasn't. It hasn't rained that much. It's moving them a little bit, and like I say, yeah. it's affecting where they are in the water column. You'll get a little, on a, a real hard falling tide, it'll pull fresh water down. And those fish will, they're not working under birds anymore. They're they are going deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll, they'll go down, and you can see them on the graph. I mean, they're just down there all over the place. Uh, sometimes they're in 25 foot of water, 26. That yes. seems to be the layer. That's where they're at. Uh, but if you get a good, strong high tide, brings the salt water back up out of the lake. Uh, and it's clear, you know, it's good, dark, clear water. Then they'll, uh, they'll move back up and, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a seesaw thing. You have to look for them now. It's not as easy as it as it was. You have to fish for them, but you know, it's uh, they're still out there. Now, a friend of mine texted me a picture the other day from over on the west side of the system, all the way over into the intercoastal, and uh, he had caught some really nice Texas-sized trout. Uh, they had they had a three five five fish limit three man five fish limit right and uh he said they they caught and released about 15 more that were just that size i mean we're talking you know 17 18 inch trout mm-hmm. and uh he said finally they they were catching he said stop let's just let them alone we got what we want let's just let these fish stay here so he said they probably could have kept catching no sense poking holes in their face. No, nah, there ain't no to. sense sitting on them, beating them up. When you, you know, if you're doing that, you got your limit, move on, find something else, go get some reds or something. That's right. Any flounder so left uh, over there? Yeah, uh, catch. <laughs> there's one or two or three. Yeah, you know. You, uh, I haven't caught any of those saddle blankets here lately, but. Uh, we'll catch one or three per trip. Right. It's not, 
we're not talking like you know bountiful fishing. <laughs> right. Our flounder population just did not happen this year. Point I'm sure that mean, uh, used to be you know if you wanted to flounder fish, that was a place to go. It was just a mecca for flounder. Yeah, they waited too long to implement new rules. They you know? usually do. Kind of like it's what going, Louisiana's doing right now with their fishery. Yeah. They, you know, last year they started with the moratorium on keeping them for, a, mm-hmm. you know, a month or so. and It was too late. I think they, you know, people just really like flounder, and flounder are kind of stupid and aggressive, and if you get on a bed of them, you can catch them. Sure and, you can. Uh, I remember when there was you you could make a living guiding flounder fishing on Sabine Lake. It hadn't right. been that long ago. But some things happened. Uh hurricane pushed water up high tide back in the marsh and caught them in there and a lot of them died and uh then it started depleting right then. You know, right. it's just a um, unfortunate situation. But who knows? You know, maybe things will turn around, and uh, you might, uh, we might be surprised by what happens with the flounder. But right now, this just wasn't a good year for flounder on Sabine. I'm sure that somebody, somebody over here is listening and going, "Hey, man, I caught, I caught a hundred of them this year." Well, I didn't, and I, I move around a lot. And I sample a lot of water. Probably more than most. Mm-hmm. I'm, I go from one end to the other and wall to wall. I might be, you know, I might be on totally on the west side, halfway to uh, High Island, or I might be all the way up to Orange, or all the way up to Natchez, or, or down at the jetty. You never know where I'm gonna go, just wherever the fish are. So I'm. <laughs> I'm sampling a lot of water, and I'm telling yeah, boat, you, it's the sorry, man. That's the way yes, it works. Yes, that's exactly. And I, I, this is the sorriest flounder year I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I've heard that for a lot. And yes, I know how to catch them when I want to catch them. So. Right. But you prefer to catch other things. I'm, I'm with you on that. Let me knock this break out, Bill. I'll be right back, buddy. Hang with me. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market. They're located right in downtown Belleville, a short drive from Sealy off I-10 or Hempstead off 290. And check out their full menu of pecan smoked barbecue. That's served Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Pecan smoked pulled pork, homemade hot dogs, they've got it. And uh, their wild game processing, second to none. So it's uh, still deer season. A lot of people are dropping them off. They're having... They're trying these new Vinny dogs and hog dogs. I heard they're really good homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from your hunt the entire family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday at their processing facility, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And the Belleville is celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community that's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. I've been 
Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 417 here in the Bayou City. All right, Bill, we are back, my friend. All right, I'm here with you, brother. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about flounder. The lack yes. thereof. <laughs> the lack thereof. I I suppose they had a good run in, in uh, Galveston area. Did, uh, it was decent. Did, you know, some of the guys that really know how to pour the coals to them and, you know, how to fish for them did fairly well. You know, after they opened it back up, what was left of the flounder run, you know, as they exited. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> overall, I'd give it a grade of a C. That's just me, though. Well, I don't fish for them. Some guys say A-plus because they were on them, but I know a lot of flounder fishermen that didn't do so well. So it's uh, yeah, they missed yeah, the good some, stuff. <laughs> some of my friends, uh, you know, they're – they're purists. That that's what they fish for. They throw a trout over their shoulder, and they're, they're strictly flounder guys. But they didn't have that great of a year, right? So I know I'm not. You know, and well, that's they fish the purpose some of the, areas of the closure is to save the population. That's why uh, nobody had that good a year because during the main run, when you're supposed to get, be getting them, it was closed. So, well, yeah. We'll see a year or two down the road how much difference this does make. Yeah, then and you know I usually fish for flounder in the spring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't do that parking lot fishing where everybody gets in right. those basins and you know angle parking. I, I don't. <laughs> I have no use for that at all. Right. Um, but the spring run, they're scattered more out and they're. It's easier to target them for me. That's when I catch the most is like when you're fishing shallow and flats and shorelines in the spring when they're coming back in and you just yeah. catch them scattered here and there, you know, while you're trout fishing. Yeah. Some days, I, I mean, I've caught as high as 20 or 22 flounder right. on a piece of shoreline. And, uh, and not that long ago, I mean, two or three years ago. Right. So it it's you know, and during the summer we get up and down that ship channel that's being passed and there's usually flounder up and you know, and that that's where I was trying to catch them this year and they just weren't there. I mean I'd go days catching, you know, eighteen to twenty five or thirty trout and no flounder at all. Mm-hmm. And that's very unusual. Those fish usually are there on those drop offs. They'll pull up on those shallow flats on the side of the ship channel. Right. You get them just right, you can catch the heck out of them. But not, didn't happen this time. So it, it was, that, that made me concerned about it. But like I say, I've learned how to eat speckled trout. Now they taste pretty darn good. Not bad. <laughs> and the sand trout, too. I love the sand trout. I just keep yes. those to eat them fresh, you know. And I have caught some pretty good-sized sand trout this fall. Uh, we got on some that were 13, 14 inches, and that's that's a pretty good size. Yeah, I'd like trout. to I'd like to see those make a comeback, and the guff trout, and you know, and and even the uh, Atlantic croaker. You know, they're they're species that aren't targeted specifically like trout, redfish, and flounder are, but. Uh, you know, we can remember back when there was millions of those kind of fish and quality fish in the bay, and that, that'd be nice oh, to get those. Uh, speaking of that, a croaker, 
I caught one in Black's bio the other day, right in the bottom of the bio on a on a jig. Right. And that thing was at least two, two and a half pounds. There you go. It was one of them big old humpback deformed looking croakers that's so yes, full sir. of eggs. And Still. I'm thinking, why are you why are you here? That's weird. <laughs> why are you all the way up in the north end at this bio? Why shouldn't you be in the Gulf? But somehow, I guess the shrimping was too good for that croaker. <laughs> I, and I wondered if I had just had a piece of dead shrimp to put down there, if I could have caught How a many more like that there were? Yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, it was really unusual. Mm. Uh, I hadn't caught one like that in a long time. And uh, Biggest croaker I, I ever a, caught was on a uh, on a soft plastic you know, wading up there in the top end where you're talking about, not far from where you were, and uh, yeah, you know, four and a half pounds. That's that's a giant croaker. I thought I had a red on when I first croak. first hooked it. Yeah, I think, uh, and I, I did see uh, back in late September. I ran a guide trip down with a bunch of guys that, uh, and one of them went to the Chenier Basin, and just happened to have some some dead shrimp in his boat and they were kind of catching redfish this and that and he he caught probably over a hundred croaker wow had some kids in the boat and they just blistered them they kept about 30 of them and i helped him fillet those things and uh that that was a a really good sign to me i said Mm. how many do you think there were down there he said i could have caught 200 of them I'm going, wow. <laughs> oh, he found That's a stack a, up. He, he found a stack of them, and they were good, solid, you know, 10 inches to 12, some good-sized croaker, good, solid, like we used to catch in the croaker run. Sure. And, man, I'm, I'm Especially like, the rollover croaker run. Oh, we man, ever, wow. We won't ever see that again. <laughs> no, we sure won't. That's a... That's a darn shame. It is. Wow. But colors, colors of plastics, I've been catching fish on all kinds of colors. I I swap out from one day to the other, and then sometimes we'll we'll throw off-the-wall colors that, you know, and it doesn't matter. Uh, A friend of mine told me that he caught a bunch of fish over in the ship channel, and they were they wouldn't hit anything except uh, uh, watermelon. Right. He said that's all I could catch them on. He said I tried white and I tried this. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I guess the color matters, but most of the time it's the guy fishing it. <laughs> yes, but we've tried a lot. I, I fished glow with a yellow tail the other day. I fished a K Wiggler ball tail, that four inch bait. And uh, we we started off with that and we stayed with it and it just kept catching. And every once in a while somebody would say, hey, let me change colors. I want to see if I can get them on something else. Well, there's a box full of crap. Just go in there and get you one. And uh, they'd pull out a, you know, like a a purple uh, silver sparkles in it or a a plum with a yellow tail or a shot kind of lime truce tail mm-hmm. and they'd start catching on that and you know 
it's good. It's it kind of helps your mental attitude when you've got something different to throw, you know. But basically, uh, it, it's most everything will work right now. Uh, I, I do notice that when they, that water's clear and the sun gets up real high and they move up in those shallow flats, that's when you want to switch over to a more natural-colored bait with sparkles. Exactly. Something like a uh, uh, like a uh, Pollo Loco, one of those kind of a chartreuse and, and kind of pinkish-looking thing. Looks like a shrimp with a lot of... Uh, a lot of sparkle in it. Mm-hmm. That's a real good color to to catch them on. If they're anytime they're eating shrimp, you know, and they'll eat shrimp anytime they find them. That's always popular. But we're we're moving down to the time now where it's going to start being mullet. We got a lot of finger mullet in the system. I'm not well, seeing big grass right mullet there. at all. That's, yeah, uh, that's what trout really like in the winter anyway. If you can find those smaller mullet like that, you can really get on them. I'm looking for my hard bait bite to start any day now. It should. Uh, Corkies and hard baits, all that. I threw a, uh, I threw a catch, uh, catch 2000 the other day um, on the flat, and I could not get it, a bite on it. The fish were there. Um, yeah. I threw a lele the other day, and they didn't didn't really want that. Uh, but they're still eating a lot of shrimp. You know, when they swap over to the mullet, that's when it'll happen. So I'm ready. <laughs> well, things are running a little bit late. We actually haven't had a real winter yet, so it uh, you know it's just like man, you'd pull a front, and those temperatures would drop, and that's when these deer move. It's like it's it's so weird. I spent a lot a lot of time down there and made a lot of hunts when I was on vacation and and those deer are reacting to weather changes. It's you know, just like our fish do. There it's wildlife. There's no difference. It's pretty, yeah, pretty they, crazy. It's all the same. Yeah. They all react to weather and pressure yes. changes. So did you uh did you manage to uh get you some deer meat? Well I dropped a meat buck, yeah. And, uh, All right. I never, I, I did find one shooter deer, you know, now I saw a lot of shooter deer that a lot of people would have killed and put on their wall, but I'm, I try to better what I already have, you know? And, yeah. uh, um, uh, I think I had three hunts left and I saw a big, uh, 10 pointer. I mean, a mule on, uh, that morning and, we had fog that morning, and uh, you could hear those deer crunching corn and all that, and you're just driving yourself <laughs> crazy looking down at Senderes. I, I was hunting a blind, and my favorite blind, it's got seven lanes on it, and uh, the four good lanes were fogged in with that ground fog, and the three other lanes were not. And uh, after that fog lifted, I'm sitting there. We, you know, Blaine texted me said, "Hey, let's let's stay in the stands a couple hours longer since you know we missed all the good stuff this morning." And I'm sitting there returning text. Everybody's texting back and forth. Yeah, it's slow. I'm seeing us, and the bucks are just now. It's just now starting to go off, and you'll have a straggler come through. They're just you know chasing doe scents. All they're doing, looking for a hot one, while all the does have eaten and gone back in the brush, and. Um, I look down this lane and 
about 200 yards on the end of the lane on the other side. There's a fence line of another property, and I saw a brown spot there, so I got my old binoculars up and looked down there. I said, oh, my goodness gracious, this thing. He was wanting to jump the fence. He kept putting his nose up there, and he had a rub and a scrape on a fence post on that fence line. And he, <laughs> he ran that. I watched him rub that and then, then scrape and then urinate all that. And then uh, he sure wanted to jump over the fence, but he never did. He just walked off. But it was a bona fide shooter for me. I mean, it was it was a good 20, 21-inch spread inside. And uh, wow. all the tines were just uh, his G2s were like, 12 or 14 inches and they just went perfect all the way to the end through his fours his fours were the same length as his uh twos or threes and uh good brows with uh he was chocolate horn with uh little white tips on the tops of those g2s and threes oh, and fours and just you know <laughs> i mean just like <laughs> when you get the shakes looking at him with binoculars and just so i went ahead and set my gun up out of that window on a sandbag just in case he jumped that fence, because as soon as he did, yeah. I was going to roll him. But he never jumped would commit. Fence, jumped the fence, yeah. jumped the fence. <laughs> yeah, praying for it. But he walked off, so I spent the last two days hunting that evening and the next morning, you know, to get him, but he never showed again. He probably got on a hot dough and ended up five miles from there. Who knows? Oh, yeah. But, ain't uh, no telling how far them things go. But to watch that deer for about 20 seconds that I had on him, it uh, it gets the old adrenaline flowing. That makes a, it work. Yeah, and I had a beautiful eight that would show up every day. It looked like somebody shot him years back. He had a big old white spot on the top of his right shoulder. You know how they'll heal over and it, it'll just yeah. be smooth white skin with no hair on it. And uh, <laughs> if that if that eight point would have been about three to four inches wider, I would have shot him. He was about 14, 15 inches wide, but the configuration and the formity of his horns and mass and everything, I mean, that's going to be a trophy for somebody else's wall. And uh, big, muscular, five-year-old deer, real bulked out. He was over 200 pounds. He was a bruiser, man. Yeah. And uh, Blaine saw him again. He was showing up about every other day. He'd run does for a day, and then he'd come eat corn for two and three hours. He was getting his getting his energy back. But Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's just We just forget... You know, a lot of people go, man, how can you do that hunt for that long and everything? People just don't realize what a cathedral of silence and beauty it is just to be out there and watch the sun come up and hear the birds wake up and, you know, uh, and the sunsets down there were just absolutely gorgeous. Just that red, orange sky in the evenings, just, uh. Stuff you don't see here in the city, bud. <laughs> it's a whole different yeah. world. Just it's a whole different. That's world. what we do You're it right. for. It ain't all about killing, but uh, but I did get no. a, a nice big mature buck, a nine pointer that uh, had crummy horns, but he had a big body and uh, he needed to go. He was a cold buck, so we rolled him. He he'll be going That's to the bed mill this afternoon. Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah, buddy, he'll I'll get uh, he'll get way. made in. The- it would be making making him into some good products. You know, make some Shoot good him. food for the future. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I I managed to uh, managed to kill two does this year. I didn't uh, didn't get my usual 
three or four, but uh, mm-hmm. that's going to be enough. Uh, I actually was able to kill one in my backyard. First really? time I've ever. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> I never a, heard of you killing a deer on your property. <laughs> no, I, I never had, but uh, you know, I'm out there working on the electric. Hey, times are tough, man. <laughs> yeah, and this big old doe walked out. She wasn't probably 80 yards from me back there to feed her. Two o'clock in the afternoon, last day of the season. I said, well, "What in the world are you doing here?" And uh, I was on the ladder, and she looked at me. And put her head back down and started feeding. I said, now, these deer are crazy wild around here. I don't know what, why doesn't she see me? I said, well, I'll never make it to the house. I thought, well, I'll just try. So I walked 40 yards to the house, got on the porch in the shade and looked back. She's still eating corn. I went in the house and scratched up a rifle. And uh, <laughs> the rifle was in the safe. The bullets was in a closet locked up. I had oh, to go. Man. It took me eight or ten minutes to get the gun loaded, get it that out. Wanted to die. Back on the, <laughs> she wanted to die, and I walked back on the back porch, and there that heifer stood, still eating corn. My goodness. I said, "Well, okay." I just leaned over the porch rail. It's 129 steps to that to the tree line, right? And feed her, and she's standing there eating corn. When she turned just right, I said, "Okay." High on the shoulder, bang, plop. That was it. Good night, Irene. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said, man, and I mean a big doe, too. I said, okay, well. Big mature you know, doe. That's what you want. Yeah, sometimes sometimes I'll have four of them back there, you know, or two or three. and But they never come during the season. Something always happens that scares them. Yeah. But this time, she actually come out the last day of doe season. And I, I laid her down. Uh, so yeah, I've, deer need to I've lay got off two corn. It'll kill them eventually. <laughs> Somebody will get them. <laughs> I've got I've got two uh, two does, big does in the freezer. Awesome. Shoot, life is good. Yeah, lots of their steak. I processed it all myself this year. I didn't even didn't even bother to go anywhere. Well, money's tight. We've got Bidenomics going on, so it's a little bit expensive to do everything. There you go. Well, some say it's unbelievable, it's working, and some say it don't. So, well, no, I got my opinion. Uh, we all do, brother. <laughs> yes, all right, we Bill. do. Well, hey, buddy, if somebody wants to call you about coming over and hanging out with you, catching some fish, how they get a hold of you, man? Give them some info. Four zero nine six seven three nine two one one, and uh, or take a look at the website. Sabinelake.com. All right. Well, Happy New Year to you, and uh, we're looking for greener pastures. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Always. All right. You have a good Bill, one, man. Good talking to you, man. You take care, buddy. See you. All right, buddy. All right. That's Captain Bill Watkins over at Sabine Lake, and you're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. 439 here in the Bayou City. Let's run up to Lake Conroe and check in with our good friend, the fish dude, old Richard Tosh. Good morning, Richard. How you doing, bud? 
You know I'm good, Mickey. How about yourself? Oh, couldn't be better, man. All rested up and ready to grind another year, buddy. I heard that. I heard that. There ain't no doubt. So I done snuck off to Rayburn. To where, Rayburn? I mean, that's... Uh, oh, you're breaking up. Lately. Find you a spot. I know. That's, that's about all I can do at this poker. Well, this is not good. I know that ain't good at all. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're I mean, clear I'm, now. I'm sitting here trying to get out here where I can get in, in the get a signal. Okay, yeah. I'm just barely getting a signal over here because, like, like I say, I'm sitting over here in Broadus right now. Oh, in Broadus? So okay. Sitting over, sitting over here at Ryburn, there ain't many areas. Yeah, there ain't many areas over here at Rayburn that you can get a good signal in these tall pine trees. So I know. I used to have to drive down to that point at Powell Park right out there on the edge of the lake to get a good, clear signal. Yeah, see, I'm I'm sitting out here at, at, up on the north end by Castle Boykins right now, so it's oh, okay. just trying to trying to figure out a trying to figure out a place to get, you know, and that's well, wherever you're at right now, don't move. You're sounding good now. Well, good deal, good deal. But I tell you what, it's like I say, those hybrids on Conroe have been going crazy. So it's I've been catching some really good ones here lately. So that's a that's what I need to get back to doing. Yeah, but I've been seeing your posts, man. You're catching some nice fish right now, buddy. I'll tell you what, it's it's crazy how how big they've been lately. And I mean, they're just most of them are just chock full of eggs too. So they're they're just they're fattening up. They're getting ready to do their spawning type thing even though they don't reproduce they still they still do like every other fish they'll they'll spawn lay their eggs and all that good stuff but man i've been wearing them out but i think one of the differences too is i've been going back over to the river for bait once right. it starts getting once it starts getting cold on on conroe it is just near impossible to catch any bait so mm-hmm. it's uh i've been running back over the trinity river catch them over there and them i think those bigger Shad I've been catching been making the difference too because I've been catching some three and three to five inch shad and chucking them rascals out there and, and they've been working on them so that's I think that's part of it but that, you know because the other part is you know like I say Conroe for some reason on these cold days I just have a hard time catching bait and when it you know that they they're going deep is what it is that all the baits moving out there in twenty and thirty foot of water. And right. I, you know, and and early in the morning, I don't want to go out there in the middle of the lake and go hunt them down. So that's, you know, that's the other part of it. And I know I can go over to the river and catch all I want pretty quick. So it's that's why I'm that's why I'm doing it. You know, it's there was one day, one day I was over on Conroe trying to catch bait, stood that for about an hour and a half. Finally, I told told the guy in the store, I said, "You tell my people, I'll be back." I loaded up, went over to the river, caught bait, came back, and then we caught some fish. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's for, it's, that's the hardest part about, about those hybrids is catching the bait. So, but once you get, once you get the bait caught, you usually do pretty good. I mean, granted, you can catch them on artificials, but it's not as fast and furious as what I like to have it. You know, I'll, I want it going wide open all the time. That's just me. So, and then them, then them dang no catfish, they're still doing pretty dang good too. So they're just getting thicker. You know, that's right. the thing about them 
catfish this time of year. Those those rascals get thick as they can be, and they're you know three to five pound average is is not not uncommon. So mm. it's it's you know I, I love it. So and then getting over over here at Robert trying to get on these bass. I've been over here since Monday. I've been over here and I've been trying to work on some of them deep offshore fish and. I found a bunch of spotted bass out there, but right. it's I, I I can't find no no big large mouth in that deep water. I mean it's that's well, one what of those are you doing things over there pre fishing for a tournament coming up or what? Right, I, I've got two tournaments coming up. I, the the last week of this month is that Brandon Belt deal, so that's a you know that's a fifteen hundred dollar entry fee tournament, and then. The week before that is the rattle trap tournament over here, so I'm I'm practicing for both. And you talk about something that's that's difficult to do when you know you got a a tournament where you can only use like Bill Lewis baits where right. it's a rattle trap or whatever, and then you got a the Brandon Belt where you can use a Carolina rig, you can use a drop shot, you can use a Texas rig, you can do whatever you want in it to catch fish and getting hung up looking for two different groups of fish that's that's just a pain <laughs> good night and then yesterday i finally found some decent ones you know so it took me a bit but i got me yesterday i had two of them around six and one of them around eight and then several two and a half three pound fish so it's I'm, everything's trying to come together just hopefully everything stays that way you know till the end of the month is because that Brandon Belt's a two-day deal, where the rattle trap's only a one-day. So, it's uh, you know, I just got to figure out where to find some of them, some of them fish that you know that are more consistent and white, like those five, six, sevens, and eights. If I can find you know twenty of those, then I'm good. <laughs> Give me twenty of those fish like that, and I'll be in good shape. So that's that's uh, you yeah, know, it's kind of give. I guarantee you, boy, and it's, you know, that's why I like the tournament stuff anyway. I love the competition and, uh, you know, just, and especially on these different lakes, just trying to figure out what these fish are doing on different lakes. Now, granted, in February, the, the Brandon Belt deal is going to Conroe. So that's another reason why I'm going to go ahead and fish the circuit and see if I can make the championship in it. Because it's, uh, you know, the first tournament's over here at Raven, the second one's over over at Conroe, I believe the third one's at Cedar Creek, and then the next one's at, at uh, Lake of the Pines. I may be backwards on the last two, but I've never been to Lake of the Pines, and, and so I, I'm ready to go up there and see what kind of fish live around them cypress trees up there. And that's that's one thing about that lake that I've always heard is it's, it's full of cypress trees, so i, I got to go up there and see what it's like. And that's, you know, that's another thing about me me and fishing in general is I love seeing these different lakes and just trying to figure out, you know, what's going on on that lake at that particular time. And that's, you know, that's that's a, the most challenging part to it for me is, is figuring out what's going on with those different lakes. Because it's, you know, especially when I've never fished. You know, if right. I've never fished it, you know, you know, do you go deep? Do you go shallow? Do you hit docks? Do you hit rocks? Do you hit trees? You know, what do you hit? What do you use? You know, so just doing all that is, is fun to me. You know, that's that's like being up here all week. You know, I've been, like I say, I've been out there throwing Alabama rigs. I've been throwing Carolina rigs. I've been throwing drop shots. I've been 
cranking. I've been doing everything under the sun, trying to find some some bigger fish, you know. And it's it's uh, like I say, I've, I found a ton of spotted bass. I mean, I can find I can find them ten inch spotted bass like crazy. They're everywhere. So and and then uh, I did find. One little old brush pile. Rayburn's always been full of spots, man. You catch a lot of man, spots It is full of them, I'm telling you. I mean, these rascals are everywhere. But I did find one little brush pile that's sitting out in about 25 foot of water that I think has some bigger fish on it. I thought mm-hmm. a drop shot in it because it's, you know, trying to, and I was trying to keep it from getting hung up. Thought I was dropping a, what, that P and V that Bass Assassin's got, put yeah. it on there. And it's a it's a bigger bodied bait, and man, they were attacking that thing. But I was trying to bury the hook in it so so I could you know I I could try to get it in and out of that brush without hanging up every time. And I'd get them, I'd jerk on it and get them about halfway up, and they'd come off. So I got to figure out a different way of hooking that thing so I can work it in and out of that brush and and. Uh, get them because those i had like three of them on in this one brush pile and they you know they felt pretty stout on me so i just never got to see them they just they felt strong but it, you just need uh, to keep them on the hook so you can see them look at i them. know i know that's work. it looks that's pretty it looks like it's pretty cool up there this morning 35 is what i'm showing in broadest right now that's about right. That's about right. It's been in the thirties. It hadn't been above forty all week, you know. Now during the day, yeah, it's been lower. getting up to. I know during the day it's been getting up to fifty and sixty, but during during the week, it's um, uh, early in the morning. It's 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 cold. Right. That's, I got that motorcycle helmet going anyway, so that'll work, man. Uh, all right, Richard. Well, uh, I got to run. Good luck on your pre-fishing, and uh, I'll talk to you Saturday and say how things are going. But uh, if somebody wants to call you about fishing with you on Conroe, how do they get a hold of you, man? Well, make anyone get in touch with me, 936-661-7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish Dude's Guide Service. You can email me at admin at fishdudegx.com or just check out the webpage, fishdudegx.com. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I know. All right, Y'all buddy. Hey, good luck to you, Richard. Have fun pre-fishing, man. See you, buddy. All right. All right. Take care. All right. That's the fish dude up on uh, Rayburn this morning. All right. Well, let's run down to Matagorda and check in with our good friend, Captain Charlie Paradoski. Charlie P., good morning. How are you, man? Good morning, Mickey. Welcome back. Thank you, bud. How are you been? Uh, freezing my rear end off some days. Been pretty chilly in the mornings, hadn't it? I know. Yeah, it was even cold in South Texas. A few mornings we had uh, two mornings it was thirty nine, and then the next morning it was forty three. But that afternoon it was eighty three. How about that for a temperature change? Went from forty three to eighty three. That's crazy. Yeah, it didn't get that warm around here. I can tell you that. It does down there, man. It'll heat up on you in a heartbeat, and then then you got fog to contend with in the mornings on your morning hunt. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, I had a chill in my body all last week. Uh, I bet you did. Fishing's been tough over here, man. It uh, last week they 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 went off real good on Wednesday, and uh, and then that high pressure set in, and I had a I had a tough time Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Dang. Yeah, they uh, they would not eat. Just a few fish. high day. pressure, man. Yeah, and east, northeast. Uh, yeah, that's not good. You know, yeah, 
and I've got a I've got a fish today, and I'm hoping I can get out there with. I hope that east wind's not too strong today this morning. But uh, it just uh, it's pretty slow over the river. It just it's hardly nothing in there right now. Even the even at night, they're not getting them off the piers. Wonder what changed. You know, it gets like that every year at this time. You get a dry spell, and then yeah, all of a sudden they'll fish everywhere. It, it's the weather. Yeah, it's the weather. You know, the yeah. weather's been so up and down, man. Well, I tell you, That's, you know, we fight it fishing all year, but it's the same way with deer hunting. I mean, that weather dictates everything. Those those uh, animals react to it just like fish do. Pretty crazy. Yeah. What uh, what I couldn't understand was last week we had super low tides and uh, and that should have sucked the redfish out all over and they weren't mm-hmm. out there in East Bay. Huh. It was slim pickings. Really was. So now we got uh, they got a big tournament here this weekend that Trout Masters tournament I think right. tomorrow and Saturday. So we'll uh, we'll see if. Uh, if there's any big fish around here, I guess. I think I think most of them are going to be making long runs. That's what well, I think. Well, that's possible in that tournament. That's, uh, you know, they'll be running south. Yeah. There's only... Don't gosh, come I this way <laughs> for big ones. Yeah. Don't head this way. Yeah, well, it's not great over here either. you got about... You got about four spots or, or possibilities, and, uh, and, and you know I know a few people that's been on them, but uh, two days in a row, that's going to be tough. You know. Yes. I don't think Always I've caught is. fish in the same place two year two days in a row the whole damn year. Yeah. Here, so I don't know. It's starting off slow though. Y'all, uh, y'all do any dove hunting over there? No, we had too many deer hunters, and you know where we need to be dove hunting. There was people hunting, you know, deer hunting close to there and stand. So we had to just sit and watch millions of dove flying all over the place, and uh, couldn't hunt them. <laughs> Man, they, were, yeah. they they came back. You know, Blaine had a little lull. He had one front; it pushed him down south of him. But boy, they're back now. Jeez. Well, you see a lot of quail. A lot of quail. That uh, I was really surprised sitting there deer hunting, just covey after covey, crossing Senderas. You yeah. ought to hear all of them in the morning. They're the first bird to wake up. They start talking right when that sun's peeping up. And, buddy, he's got some quail. I bet he does. I bet he does. It's uh any any rattlesnakes? You see any snakes? I guess never saw a snake, so I didn't get Guitar Dave his uh, five foot rattler. I was trying to get for him. Never saw uh, one, uh, which uh, is a good thing for me. I don't, you know. But I told Dave I'd get him a snake if I saw yeah. one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He missed out. Nah, he's used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah, buddy. But, uh, it's uh the year's not over yet. I'm, Travis, one of Blaine's guides, he told me he'd get me one. If he uh saw a big one he'd get it and skin it out for me and put it in the freezer, bag it up. Yeah. Blaine's got a good crew down there. 
Got some good guys working for him. He That's always the whole point of the trip. Just get away and hang out with the guys. I don't ever get to see them during hunting season, so I got to go down there and hang out with them. That was all good. I wish you I could stay there the whole week. Yes, I did. It, uh, I made a bunch of hunts. I had to come back and recover. Yeah. It's amazing how sure time relaxing. flies. Oh, man, yeah. that was fun. It, it comes and goes quick, doesn't it? It does. That's the fastest 10 days I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't have anything to do with age, does it? No. Hell <laughs> time no. flying by. Good. It is flying by, man. Flying. It is. Can you believe it's 2024 already? My Lord. Yeah. Well, we're already four days into it. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. Well. It'll be baseball season before you know it, man. It will. It it really will. That's a spring training report to that. It's just right around the corner. Yeah, buddy. And I'll be ready. All right, Charlie P. Well, hey, I'm I'm wishing you a very prosperous and productive new year. And uh, somebody wants to call you about coming down to Matagord and fishing with you, give them a number, man. Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, buddy. Well, Charlie. You have a good one, and I'll talk to you Saturday. Catch him up, man. Take care, Mickey. Thank you, Charlie. See you. All right, that's Captain Charlie P. down in Matagorda. It's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.